0: Hello and welcome to another episode of a wee, a wee bit of everything with your hosts Clark Burrow and Lewis Cleland. This week we are on. Uh, absolutely delighted to welcome uh, another guest onto the show. As always, if you see it on Instagram at a wee bit of everything podcast or Twitter at burrow under slash mister or at cleland Lewis ninety four, we would appreciate appreciate it if you could give us a share or a retweet as this helps us reach other people as well. So Lewis, we're excited to have another guest on the show to talk to talk through uh, some formative assessment. Would you like to give us a wee bit more information on what's coming up?
1: Absolutely Mr Burrow. the tables have turned this week. My turn to introduce a guest. We've got Menno Slingerland who is a physical education teacher, educator and researcher in the School of Sports Studies at the Fontys University of Applied Sciences in the Netherlands. He holds a PhD in Human Movement Sciences from Maastricht University. Before starting at Fontys University he worked as a PE teacher in secondary school. His teaching and research interests mainly focus on assessment, student motivation, teacher professional development, and teacher education within the context of PE. Today we're going to be chatting with Meno on all things formative assessment and how we can best utilise this within the context of PE teaching. We're both really looking forward to this one today. Therefore, I think it's about time we get Meno onto the show. Well, hi Menno, welcome to the podcast and thanks a lot for giving up your time tonight to share your experiences as a, a lecturer and on assessment, I, what the topic of the, the podcast is going to be. How are things with you?
2: Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on this podcast. Uh, really nice to, uh, to receive this invitation. Um, Pleasure. Things are fine. Um, as we talked about a little bit before this, uh, there's a lockdown at the moment, so challenging mm-hmm. times, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, not so much personally, but uh, in university teaching, it's uh, it's really challenging. Uh-huh. Um, but for us, uh, things are fine. Uh, working from home is um, becoming uh, the new normal, right? So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's, there are advantages like this, uh, like talking to each other uh, on Zoom for this podcast, which is, uh, yeah, really nice. Thank you very much for inviting me.
1: Absolute pleasure. No, that's what we were saying during the first lockdown. That was, we started this last March. Like It was like, like why not just, we, we always wanted to start a podcast, but didn't really know kind of what to, what the, the theme of it would be or,
2: oh, and crazy. then we
1: just were like, mm-hmm. let's just do it over Zoom. And then that seemed to just kind of keep going. We've done one a week, so it's been great. And um that's thanks to people like you for coming on and keeping it going so cheers it's been
0: getting us through the lockdown hasn't it like doing a, a podcast each week that that yeah, the football sure. and that and the football for me anyway, has been getting me through the lockdown <laughs> i just not hope, yeah. they, don't, I hope well, they don't take the football away from us
1: you'll you you'll be uh, um, familiar with wim hof meno
2: uh,
1: van hof wim hof he's the dutch guy that does the cold water therapy the ice man
2: Oh yeah, him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah. Well, we've, oh yeah,
1: um, yeah. We've been doing a lot of that during the lockdown as well. Oh All really? The, the cold water stuff. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Oh,
2: it's been amazing. The um, benefits have been brilliant. Where, <clears throat> where are you doing that? Around the house or uh...
1: the river? The
2: river. Right. Yeah. Oh,
1: I didn't cool. think we'd be doing it during the winter, but it's kept going like the podcast. So.
2: <laughs> ah,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Lewis
0: bought. Um. And Lewis bought a fact. He got a, a wee paddling pill for his Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> he's got. A, he's got a paddling pill at the back that he goes in <laughs> every
1: morning. I need to break the ice. Right. So, <laughs> go, We'll get going then, Men So, see before we get into the, the the main questions, could you give us and the listeners a little background information on your career today? We've kind of touched on it briefly at the start, but just um a little more, I guess.
2: Yeah. Sure. Um. Well, I was educated as a PE teacher um, in The Hague, uh, The Hague University. Um, So in the Netherlands, we have six uh, PET uh, universities. Um, And one in The Hague was the one where I was uh, educated as as a PE teacher. Um, uh, In the Netherlands, it's a four-year bachelor um, to become a PE teacher. Um, And when I finished that, I did not become... A PE teacher immediately. Uh, I decided to uh, do a master's studies uh, after that, which I did in the north of our country in uh, in Groningen, uh, which was human movement sciences. Um, but I did a specialization in, in sport pedagogy uh, there. Um, uh, and it was only then uh, when I started teaching PE. So uh, um, Initially, I wanted to, uh, to get into uh, research um, after this uh, human movement study, um, master's study, but I decided uh, it was, was better, would be a better experience for me to just start teaching, which I really enjoyed, by the way. Uh, so I went back to Rotterdam, where I'm from originally, um, and started teaching there for a few years. Um, and then-
0: um, so, so you're back with van?
2: I am, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, apart from the lockdown, are quite challenging times as well. So,
0: you still got Dick Advocat as <laughs> manager? <laughs> he
2: is, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. you, yeah, you know him, of course. Rangers. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was in, in Glasgow, right? Yeah, he was Glasgow. Yeah. Yeah. For the Rangers, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not a big fan, you know. <laughs> it's just, it's a good coach and all, but... Um, very old-fashioned. He's, he, he, he's not, yeah, he's not very... It, it's not the most innovative coach you mm. would encounter uh, mm-hmm. in the Netherlands. Um, so um, he did a good job, by the way. He was like a, an interim teach, an interim trainer. Uh, he yeah. put everything back together again. But now it's time to move on. They are moving on, by the way. They they appointed a new coach.
0: So the Dutch, yeah, du- yeah. Dutch, guy. Dutch guy.
2: Another Dutch guy. Yeah, very young. Uh, that, that that is an innovative coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good yeah it's the it's the coach from uh, from AZ uh, Alkmaar so hopefully uh, he will he will shine some light into Rotterdam uh, very soon but at the moment it's (laughs) it's Mm. not it's not good it's not good but anyway yeah so yeah hopefully
0: hopefully Rangers draw Reinhardt again in Europe one day and we can
2: ah that's brilliant yeah yeah
0: try and and beat you again yeah 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 (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I just hope that we could uh, go into the stadium again, right? So, yeah, no, uh, no, no, sure, be, yeah, That would be the first victory for everyone of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. us. Um, so I was, oh yeah. Um, so I went back to Rotterdam to teach, um, which was really good. Uh, I taught P in two schools, two secondary schools uh, for a few years. And then I got, um, uh, then I applied for a job at Fontys, actually, which um, was a PhD position, actually um which was pretty uh special because Fontis is a i don't know if you have this distinction between uni- universities but we have, you have we have like the classical universities um and we have universities of applied sciences which are more practical in nature also the, the research part is much more uh, practical um, but they offer the phd position uh, at their pete institute um, which i got um, and then, uh, yeah, I started to, to do this PhD, um, which was a research project on um, uh, the contribution of physical education to physical activity. Um, so I did that for uh, for a few years. But gradually, <clears throat> during that, I became a uh, um, a, a teacher educator, uh, actually. And um, when I finished my PhD, I was already appointed as a, a teacher educator at my university. Um, basically that's yeah that's where i am now um how, how long were you on
1: teaching before you kind of took the position
2: not n- not very long i i taught about three years in secondary mm-hmm. school um uh, and i did a lot of um <clears throat> I, i'm also a tennis coach so i did lots and lots of uh, uh, training uh, training of pupils in tennis um which was a degree i got in the hague um uh, uh, that was possible back in the day, um, but I, actually I did not teach very long uh, in in secondary school before moving on. Um, uh, what I did do uh, was when I was already at Fontes do um, these sort of internships. Uh, I did one at, at a primary school here in my uh, my hometown, for example, just to to keep connected to to practice, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm, where I am now. And um, to give you a, like a view of, of what my job looks like, I'm uh, I'm doing about two days of research. Uh, well, d- during a week, but it's never like that. But um, and and the rest of the days I'm teaching or developing our curriculum. So that, those are basically the things that, that I'm usually uh, busy doing. Yeah.
1: Listen. Thanks for that. Then sounds like you've got a a, a good bit of experience in kind of teaching and obviously teacher educating as well. So that's good.
0: I yeah, know. Sorry. Just uh, see, see is, is tennis got a big part in the curriculum over there? Like um, in school in the primary school, is it quite a big? Cause I know um, we went to we went to Brazil. Remember, Lewis and Carlos was right on the tennis as well. The mm-hmm. guy you know, we met over there. and I think it was a big part of the curriculum in school. Yeah. Well, oh, it's
2: not. It's not so much tennis, but. Um what is part of the curriculum or should be part of the curriculum i i, I should say uh, is our record record games yeah uh, uh, or or hit hidden wall games is what mm. we call them i guess yeah uh, so it could be tennis but it could be volleyball it could be it could be anything that, that bounces between uh players yeah. um maybe with a net involved but um um but actually uh what i see in schools is they they teach tennis but they do it very occasionally like one or two just to try it out um, yeah we'd
0: say we're the same here it's not
2: like a sh- short,
1: short tennis as well like with the, the foam ball and the exactly
2: yeah. yeah yeah using different sorts of rackets and balls and uh yeah 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 that's
1: easier to play for me i'm hopeless at tennis
2: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, i don't know what i say uh, <laughs> <bigger>. <laughs> no, no, but considering andy murray is like the, one of the best uh, tennis players you think there would be a bigger focus here wouldn't you guys?
1: yeah
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, actually, I'm a big, big, big fan of Andy Murray. It's it's funny because I have a lot of f- friends who uh, who play tennis as well, and they, they they don't like him. They think he's too grumpy and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I think he's brilliant. Yeah, he's the very way determined. He, it's hard to beat. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I think um his mum Judy, she does a lot of work for like schools and um kind of deprived areas and that as well. And yeah. She's she does like a lot of tennis initiatives to get. Young people active and involved in tennis.
2: I guess so. Yeah, I saw a documentary once, uh, which uh, in which she yeah she was clearly doing lots lots of stuff like that. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah great.
1: Yeah, she seemed to be to, to be pushing it.
0: <laughs> so what's the national sport over there, Menno? What's the is it football? The national sport in Holland. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's football. Yeah. But t- tennis is good second, I think. Is Maybe it? third. I don't know. Field field hockey is very big here yeah, as well. Hmm. Um, but yeah, football is. Yeah, it's number
0: one. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the same here. Just like you know, you don't get much time for tennis. <laughs> yeah, football no, well, just yeah. takes over, doesn't
2: it? Uh, what's what's good here is that there's lots and lots of tennis clubs, uh, which are really low, low key, low profile. Yeah, anyone can join. You know, it's it's so it's a popular sport, uh, especially now in the lockdown because uh, it's about apart from running it's it's the only sport that's possible to do uh, mm-hmm. uh, we can still play tennis uh, one-on-one but uh, yeah yeah it's cool
1: decent right so can i moving on to some assessment related questions then meno kind of what the, the podcast going to be about tonight during a webinar i recently attended um, you spoke a lot about the concept of feed up feedback and then feed forward Could you maybe go into a little more depth regarding this and tell us why you feel this is so important in relation to formative assessment?
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Well, actually, I think the question um, is about like going into formative assessment because the the things that you mentioned, feed up, feedback, feed forward, um, are actually elements of formative (laughs) assessment, very important elements. but maybe just to go just to rewind a little bit uh because you you're mentioning the the webinar uh which i did um with uh, shirley Gray and andrew horrell um and actually the um, like the starting point of this webinar was uh the icep statement uh the position statement on assessment so um i don't know if you're familiar with icep the, the 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 organization icep all right yeah um it's it's actually it's it's the some sort of the world organization for PE scholars you could I think that would sum mm-hmm. it up best. On yeah it, it's a really it's a really interesting uh, network of scholars uh, and PE teachers um, and what they do is um, they, ha- they, they have they um, uh, have yearly conferences there was one in Edinburgh uh, two years ago um, uh, but what they also do is they put out statements uh, position statements on aspects of PE teaching um, and um, me and my colleagues thought it would be a good idea to have this statement on on assessment. Um, so what we did, we, we held an, uh, a three-day seminar in Eindhoven at my, uh, m- at my institute in Eindhoven um, and we got all the scholars together who have has something to do or uh, have, have done research on assessment in PE. Uh, we collected all these opinions and this, and this data and we wrote a position statement on, on assessment. And when we put that out, um, we got um, well, various uh, uh, invitations to for webinars and, well, podcasts like, like this. Mm-hmm. So just, just a little background on, on, on how this topic came about. Um, which is, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that's been, um, we've been doing that for a few years, but uh, it's finally out, the position statement, and uh, um, I would encourage everyone uh, listening to this podcast to... Uh, to to read it yeah it's out in multiple languages by the way Mm -hmm. um so back to your question um so you're basically asking me um yeah what is what is formative assessment um and i think um uh, what you should know what formative assessment is that um there's formative and summative assessment I, I think you're familiar with summative assessment, but yeah. just very briefly, like summative is like the end point of learning. You provide a grade, uh, and, and, th- and that's it. And then you move on to the next module, lesson series, or whatever. Um, but f- formative assessment is ongoing, uh, so it's always, it's always happening. Um, and the three aspects you're, you, you are mentioning feed up, feedback, feed forward are uh, like the aspects of formative assessment. So, feed up. Um, basically means that uh, what, as a PE teacher uh, when you develop your lesson the first thing you will uh, you will start thinking about is your your learning objective so what do you want your students to learn um, but also what would success for these students look like so what are the, s- the criteria for success uh, what do I want to see uh, at the end of three four five or ten lessons in a certain module um, um, and to uh, communicate this to students, for example, in the first lesson, uh, and you can do this in various ways. Um, that is feed up, um, and it is something uh, that is often overlooked by teachers. Uh, so, um, for example, the lesson objectives, or, sorry, the learning objectives, they have, they are implicit in, in terms of explicit. When you ask them, they know what they are teaching and where they want to go, but. They did. They, they haven't really thought it through. So the success criteria are not really clear. Um, and only if your feed-up is clear, we think then you can provide effective feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and feedback, informative assessment basically means to um, to 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 provide information to your students of where they are right now. So. Um, these are the success criteria. This is what you can do right now. So you are here, um, and um, a feed forward is actually just a form of feedback. Actually, but we call it in formative assessment we call it feed forward. Is to okay. So what are the next steps for you mm-hmm. um, to reach these success criteria uh, in, in a certain way? Um, and this, this, <clears throat> these three, uh, f- these three feed up, feedback, feed forward are constantly present when you're doing. Uh, formative assessment
1: yeah yeah i like that it's if you've got specific in what's the word i'm looking for kind of you're making the, the success criteria explicit to to your pupils then your exactly. feedback's going to be more meaningful and yeah they, they, they know what they have to to go out and do and you can give specific pointers and and what they need to do going forward yeah. exactly
2: yeah yeah which is which is which is very interesting because um feed up can be done as i said in many ways and um, we, we've just finished a research project on this and what we saw is that just pro- providing feedback by telling uh, by telling your students like okay um, well this is the learning objective you're going to do this and this will be the criteria that we will you on uh, in the end that does not work uh, when you do that when less when the students enter the first lesson in your sports hall and they sit down for a moment and you tell it to them because it's not really meaningful uh, for them. So actually, um, we found that more effective feed up uh, is when you first start, you know, maybe you're doing, uh, I don't know, uh, record sports, for example, so just start doing some some exercises, um, then get everyone together uh, and and then uh, provide your success criteria and then they will be much more meaningful. Mm -hmm. So it's really uh, also the way on how you communicate this to students it's really important in formative assessment
1: yeah sometimes your plan is not going to be exactly what the pupils need so i suppose that's a good way of doing it going and assessing the level first by your observations and then getting the class together as a whole to kind of come to a collective agreement of what they feel they need to work on and
2: well yeah well that's uh, exactly and that's that's another uh, aspect of formative assessment is that um uh, students have a voice uh, within formative assessment so if students disagree with your success criteria for for example they think they're much too um, much too high or too, too, too difficult um, then as it th- this provides you as a teacher the information that you should adapt something maybe mm-hmm. immediately in your lesson or maybe in the next lesson or maybe in the next module that you're providing but um, yeah yeah that's that's also uh, a core aspect of formative assessment yeah
0: Beno, can I just ask you, see on the lesson I was doing today online, I had like the success criteria and learning intentions at the start, so I shared that with them online, um, which was like three learning intentions, and then three success criteria that links to the learning intention, and then they then complete the tasks, they then submit it, and it's out of three tasks, so it was out of three, so I gave them like comments, and then I also put three out of three if they got, if they've done it well, or one out of three if they if they um got one right out of three, and then would you? What's your opinion on giving comment only feedback, or whether you would give them a grade, or do you think it should be a mixture of of the two? Um.
2: Well, if you um if you would grade them immediately, then it would not be formative. So um yeah, I, w- I would in, in I, w- I, I would always in I would I would always advocate um um to to um like a, a, a more formative way of uh of following your students um so when you have these learning uh, intentions um and you have these success criteria it would be better to provide feedback in terms of um okay so uh, i can see that you're, you you've done this this is very good um but you're not exactly there so so it, it it's much more like really spoken or written feedback uh, which m- might be much more effective mm-hmm. in this particular uh, uh example then um than providing a grade like okay what you've done now in my lesson uh i would grade it uh, like seven out of ten um so you know but it, it does not give the student a lot of information because you know okay, but what should i do next would be the next question for the student yeah yeah
0: because yeah, sometimes i feel I remember, I remember writing an essay about this in, at university and it says don't only give comment only feedback don't give them grades because then they just look at the grade and don't look at your comment well On there's,
2: there's yeah well there's that, that's something that we get back from um uh, from the, from the p department that we're working with as well that when they've you know what what we do we provide a few workshops and then they would say okay well, we, we will stop grading right? because this is nonsense and then we say uh, wait (laughs) not so fast because you know grading has a function as well you know you can it's not it's not really a problem to grade because it has the function of grading is like selection or um, like creating a reference for the class or maybe uh, uh, just um, uh, an end of year um, um, report you know Um, I also like to
1: find out how well I've done like me personally like I like to find out my my grade of
2: well, that's something that yeah. Well, that that's something that came back from this project as well is that the pu- pupils they want a grade <laughs> hmm. because they're also because they're quite stuck in this system of grading. That's that's something that they're really they want grades because they can com- can compare it to their friends, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, I would say summative assessment or grading is not not a problem. But the um, the way to the summative assessment should be formative. It like the the summative grade would. It should not be a surprise for 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 a student. It should not be like oh wow, it's not it's not adequate enough. Uh, because yeah, they should they should already know uh, through the formative feedback they had mm-hmm.
0: through the feed forward as well, giving them the next steps and what they need to do better.
2: Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So then in the uh, S one and S three in Scotland and P is obviously practical based. Um, in the, those early years of secondary school, like twelve, thirteen, fourteen years of age. Do you feel formative assessment is more challenging then for PE teachers because it's not as it's not a written subject as such?
2: Um, no, I would say well, formative assessment is useful for any school subject, if it's PE or not. Um, but I would say formative assessment, um, and n- not necessarily for for uh, twelve, thirteen, fourteen year olds, but in general for PE, I think formative assessment is. A, Is great because um, I don't know if if it's the same situation in Scotland in your educational system, but in the Netherlands, uh, we we group students in secondary school by their cognitive abilities. So, there you know, we have three levels of secondary school Uh, the top level, they are prepared for university, and uh, there's two levels below. uh, but when but you so get when,
0: so, um, so what age do you sort that out what age do you select uh
2: usually on it's it's uh, after primary school which is oh. 12 years old yeah yeah hmm. so de- depending on on your um uh, de- depending on how you did in primary school they, they they estimate that you can go to one of these three levels and uh, to be successful yeah. in secondary school like a test yeah, it, it, it's a test, but it's also the whole, like, last two or three years of primary school, they, they take into account to, to decide where, where, what's, what would be the best place for you okay. uh, in terms of cognitive abilities. Um, but when I teach, let's say I teach the highest level of secondary school in the Netherlands, and then I, and then I would teach them PE, uh, then they would be incredibly diverse in their motor abilities, because they are only selected on... <laughs> (laughs) on cognitive ability so um, and their formative assessment is very very useful because um, uh, you can really um, like adapt it to various levels of uh, uh, for example motor abilities or other abilities that you would like to see in your lessons Mm -hmm. Um, but i think their formative assessment in PE could be especially valuable yeah
0: okay so, so then, what would you say, or what do you feel, are the most effective formative assessment strategies to incorporate within a PE lesson? What would you say there? Yeah, if you pick your mm. top top two or three.
2: Um, yeah, it's difficult to say because it really depends on the context you're mm. teaching in. So, um, uh, for if you if you if you're teaching in a in in a school in um like I don't know what you call it, a more de- deprived area, you know. Yeah. With, difficult students so to say um, then your options might be different from when you're teaching I know somewhere else where, to, where where you can ask much more of students in terms of communication skills or reading or writing skills so um, you should really always find forms of formative assessment that really fit your context okay. of teaching That that's not something I think would be very important
1: I think that's a very um, good point because trying to get like a really challenging class to do like peer assessment tasks or something where you've got all these resources and stuff out that's just exactly hitting yeah. your head against the wall sometimes
2: yeah and, and it's something that we see when we do this in the field um what we see is that uh, for example peer assessment uh, uh, you're asking about uh, effective forms of interesting form of formative assessment peer, peer assessment is um is very popular to do as a form of as a formative assessment strategy. It's one of the strategies um, proposed by Black and William, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, something I touched upon in the webinar as well. Um, uh, And it's like, um, it's when students become um, each other's learning resource. Um, And PE teachers tend to think um, this is really simple. You know, I just give them like a rubric um, and the students who are waiting before they're, pl- they're playing, they can observe and they can, uh, they can tick some boxes and then they provide feedback to the ones they observed. And this is formative assessment. And it is, if it works, but students find this extremely difficult. Um, and sometimes it's because of the success criteria that are much, much too complex or too many, um, but providing good feedback uh, is difficult. You know, it's especially in sports and PE,
1: especially for a young person as well to actually think of real specific, high yeah. quality feedback that that, that exactly, partner means yeah. that's yeah, that's yeah you have to make it
2: really you have to make it really small and simple and
1: I and, feel like giving them like something that they're looking for within the performer like a set teaching point or something like that that they need to visit so they have a focal point for what they're observing rather than mm-hmm. saying give them yeah. two positives and one negative of their performance that's so vague. Yeah, you're exactly. Not, yeah, they're, they're yeah. never going to give you anything back from that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or you, you could also help them by just by putting the, the feedback options already on the assessment form. For example, you know, they could just pick one. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a, that, that, that's that, that's a possibility as well. What one one form of formative assessment that would be uh, possible anywhere, I think, is active reviewing. Um, it's which is really simple and basically it's only uh, like when you're teaching your classes. It's, it, it could basically be asking uh, after a certain certain exercise or a certain game, like uh, 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 what, this or that, did it went well or not? And, and students just reply with thumbs up or th- thumbs down, for example. So this is already formative assessment because one of the important functions of formative assessment is it provides you as a teacher um, with information uh, about your students. So you can adapt your lessons or you can better support your students so active reviewing is something that that's really interesting to use i think uh which would work anywhere because there's not not much involved it's just you asking a question and getting uh immediate feedback from your students Um, and you can do this in many ways of course but uh yeah
0: you just ask them their opinion on the practice of the game
2: yeah for example yeah but it could be it could be anything preferably it's related to your learning intentions of course mm-hmm. the questions that you're asking um but it's it's you know it's sort of self-reflection for a student uh but at the same time it would be it would give you important information on, on you know uh, how's this how's this going is is this should i continue use doing these exercises or these uh, uh these, these these game forms or should yeah. i adapt something yeah,
0: yeah. so see see in terms of having 30, 30 pupils in a class with all mixed ability level when they leave that class do you have any sort of formative assessment so you would know what level they're at is it like over and above the act of reviewing do you do any sort of how would you know where every kid is working at i suppose that's a challenge isn't
2: it <laughs> yeah so so what you're asking is uh if you would do of so, formative assessment with large classes actually yeah. or, um yeah it, it it is a challenge and um actually we, we are still you know it's an, it's an ongoing like uh search for what 's the most effective uh form mm. um, yeah we we've we've started this uh, research project uh one year ago which is now uh finished um with these p e departments and there's a lot of interesting information that came out of that um and this was exactly the question one of the questions that, that that the teachers asked you know you know, i have 30 sometimes 32 pupils in my class um uh, yeah so you know, have talking... supposed to manage all that yeah i'm so and and you know
1: not I, even, it's not even manager it, it's been able to record it like how can you record it and then see like keep yeah, it in well, your mind yeah. and without I, dealing with re- loads of little post-it notes and and all that you know it's there must
0: be an app out there well
2: i re- <laughs> <laughs> i remember vividly uh one um, uh, one teacher that that said to me, you know, yeah, I really want to do this like this peer assessment um, uh, uh, forms with my with my pupils, but I don't want the paperwork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going home uh, after I taught my six classes of 30 students with 180 filled in assessment forms. I do not want that. That's not why I became a PE teacher. <laughs> so yeah, I see. So you know, you should you should maybe try to make it simpler or maybe um, do it much less frequent Um, but at the same time it's it's the sometimes it's the only way to really um, uh, you know to really get the information from your students on how they're learning what they're learning so um, uh, yeah there should be a balance i think uh, between these two but it is possible and i think digital technology um, might be you know, it's, it's just developing. Uh, we have one, one example uh, in the Netherlands that's really, really interesting, uh, which is called the Sportfolio app. Um, yeah, these kind of um, uh, uh, digital digital uh, options might be the way to go here, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah I've, heard, I've heard of a lot of good apps. Um, one called SIMS where you take it into the changing room, you do your register on it, and every people's got a profile on it. It's meant to be really yeah successful. Um, so see, see, in terms of, this, this question is maybe off the script, but if you've got like a class of university students, how would you formatively assess like a high level of, high caliber of, of students? Would you do that? How would you do that online? Because that would be good advice for teachers who are working online now. How would how do you do
2: that? Uh, so when you're uh, referring to um, uh, to teaching university students, for example, or... Yeah,
0: how, or yeah, how do you formatively assess where they're at online? Um,
2: well that's a good question actually um what, what we are do well i'm actually in the middle of um uh second year bachelor module on assessment <laughs> <laughs> uh it's 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 uh, in the it's its last two weeks um what the of- um, the formative formative <laughs> assessment, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, practice what you preach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but what they're doing is um, they're, they're basically designing um, uh, a um, well, a full-on uh, assessment for their uh, internship school, um, and um, formative assessments. Uh, especially now is really important. Uh, so, w- what we are doing now is, for example, we're trying to um, uh, to to well, what we want. What we really want to know is, so where are you at in your in your learning process, and where are you at in developing this uh, this end product of this module? Um, so we are uh, we are visualizing it, so they could just fill in your I'm here, so we can see. Okay, you are behind. You are way. Uh, Way in front, and so we can act on that. That's one thing. Um, and online, it's a little more difficult. But what we're doing as well is we have extra like feedback moments, so uh, we can we speak to small groups of students. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's one thing I think online is really important because talking to a whole class and uh, trying to be formative <laughs> does not work. You yes, need sure. like five or six students at a time, and maybe for a shorter period of time um but that's something we try to do to um you know to, to f- from our perspective to, pro- to provide our feedback and feed forward to them yeah. uh, and for them to you know to to just uh, be able to ask their questions uh to move forward in their learning process yeah.
0: thanks Mero, that was really helpful thanks
1: Right, you you kind of covered some of the the barriers there when we spoke about classes of thirty-two, and um, obviously the assessment that you plan needs to be relevant to your your context. So if you you live in like a deprived area, or you're teaching a deprived area, and the the behaviour's not perfect, um, that obviously has its own challenges in the, the kind of types of assessment that you use. But do you know, like, would you say there's any other kind of barriers for teachers when using effective format of assessment? Like, do you can you can you think of any that? you've kind of encountered or things that teachers tell you um that,
2: that like prevent them from using uh, formative yeah
1: I, I, I don't know like from using it like effectively like as opposed to it just being a kind of integral part of their teaching without it being yeah. something over and above i guess is what i'm trying to ask
2: well one thing um uh, one thing that's really important i think um oh it's my Oh, sorry uh, uh, one thing that's really important uh, I think is you know you need, you need to realize that if if you if if you want to start doing formative assessment you need to invest time in it it's not something that's that's that that you will do you know that you decide now and, and and tomorrow morning you you will do uh like a formative it's really something that you need to need to do you need to read about it you need to experience it you will fail m- many times uh, and you will be frustrated probably um, but um if you're persistent then um eventually you, you know your 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 investment will you, you will have a return of investment you know um so i w- I would probably say this this would be you know you, you just need to start do doing it um and then um what I said before, like adapt it to your when you adapt it to your own context um then you can make it effective and then i think and it's a slow process normally it's what we see. Um, I think one, I think one,
1: one, oh, sorry. Can you go continue? No, 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 no. I was going to say one of your colleagues. It was. I think it was one of your colleagues. that was on the the webinar with you. Made a very good point. I I feel and I think it what, what he said is the pupils need to be familiar with it. So you can't expect them to have done like three years at high school and then you just come in with some hands up strategies and things like that because it's they're like, just going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah,
2: yeah. So yeah, it, it needs to be. It needs to the, be.
0: It's all about the culture, isn't it? It needs to be used. It
2: it could be culture it could also be just like being used to it from like the start of your secondary school for example if if you enter secondary school and and pe is like that then you don't know any better and then uh, you know the 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 pupils in your class will start you know going with what you what you ask them uh, to do to do formatively but um uh, like the the downside could be that if you start just um doing it in the third year of secondary school uh, with pupils who have never before uh, you know who only had grades every like uh, six or seven weeks as well as his classes
0: hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't expose me <laughs> you, you better start to grading that's what i just admit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But, yeah, well then, then it's not a story. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always the same. <laughs> so just for my information, are you? Are you both? You're both PE teachers, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah we're
0: both fr- both friends as well.
2: And friends, and you're te- hmm. you're teaching at the same school. or Different. No, fact- I, don't fact- <laughs> I, don't think, I don't.
0: I don't think that would work. <laughs> that would be too much.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, a podcast a week's enough for me all <laughs> oh,
2: right yeah i've yeah. <laughs> got two this week so yeah, no, uh, du- doubling up, down yeah. okay that's oh, great yeah.
0: no i think i think it would be good if we could, could teach together but we'd need to make sure that we focus as well <laughs> yeah yeah,
1: yeah. No, <laughs> no, definitely um no what i was uh i was going to say like i sometimes when i'm like kind of going through my plenaries or whatever at the end of my lessons when i'm kind of consolidating what i've gone through in my classes and perhaps doing like a formative of assessment strategy where i'm trying to assess, like. Holistically, where the full class is at by giving them like a self reflection task to do. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like I've hit the nail on the head with that. It worked so seamlessly, and then other times it's just it feels a bit rushed or it it just doesn't seem to have to have worked the same. So I think um giving yourself enough time to do it as well. Like sometimes I feel like I'm trying to give the kids enough like physical activity time, and then I'm yeah. you sometimes maybe rush through it at the end or yeah. But um,
2: well, that's that's certainly. Uh, that's a really interesting point, um, because one thing that we also like advocate is to you know, provide room for improvement to, to your students. Because what we see, at least in the Netherlands, um, I see examples where, where P teachers are doing like three lessons of basketball, and, and lesson three, or sometimes four, is a grading lesson. Um, you can really ask yourself if, if that's fair to a, to a, to a pupil. Um, so something that, that you could also do, especially in games, is to, um, for example, um, uh, when you're teaching invasion games, and you take like football and field hockey and I know handball or something, um, which are basically, um, which are based around the same tactical ideas. You know, uh, if you, you probably heard of teaching games for understanding, which is based upon this idea. Um, and then you could, if you assess these tactical skills, um, then um, you could, for for example, first teach us, uh, teach a unit of soccer or, or f- football. Sorry, um, <laughs> we're not in America, right? Yeah, um, that's <laughs> right. That's <laughs> all right. We'll let you away with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> choose a <the> rugby, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, but then you could teach uh, like a unit of, of field hockey and, and assess it formatively, and maybe only uh, in the last unit where you give students a choice uh, on which they want to show their skills to you uh, summatively. Uh, they could choose if they want to do football, hockey, or handball, but you're still um like grading the same thing for example uh coming into a scoring position or um uh, f- freeing up uh, space for your uh, um to to pass the ball uh, the, these kind of learning intentions so um that's another uh um, aspect it's not per se formatively but you can use formative assessment in this kind of um, uh, way of teaching mm-hmm. um, to provide much more room for improvement for your students yeah yeah
0: yeah I think for me it's all about that improvement like I I, I try not to, to worry too much about always recording it like because as long as you are trying to make each individual better and getting more one-to-one feedback mm-hmm. and as long as you know where they're at it doesn't always need to be recorded does it?
2: And you mean with recording that they actually write it down or yeah. that you are writing it down. But even like
1: from reports and stuff like that to... You know, so you've got like accurate accounts of what every, where every student's at for every sport or activity that you've gone through, and every piece of learning.
2: Yeah, but you certainly you shouldn't overdo it. You know, no. Um, um, but I, but but I would say it 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 is useful to record things from time to time, or to let students record things from time to time. And uh, but you should really start simple and small, uh, with really simple formative uh, tasks. Um, because it will give you sometimes another view of of, yeah, uh, of development uh, and 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 the learning process the your students are in yeah
0: i think i think I'm, what i'm going to do off the back of this is do like a, a google survey for mm-hmm. some some people in my my class just to see how it's going online maybe, yeah. maybe just pack a few questions on things that we could do better
2: yeah it's a really good idea yeah yeah, yeah sure. just like it's it's also it, like a yeah reflecting on on what what are you doing what are they doing uh, what's yeah. working what's not working what could be better uh that's that's that, that is for that you're working formatively if you do that yeah yeah good idea
1: thank you <laughs> <laughs> well i guess that um kind of leads us nicely on to the, the final question which we ask all of our guests meno so in your opinion what makes a high quality teacher
2: um yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's that's yeah. <clears throat> you could you could talk for a few days on that, but um, <laughs> well, I think you know. First of all, I think you should recognize that teaching is just super complex. You know, to, to become—I don't know if you ever become like. <clears throat> you, of course, you become a good teacher, but you never—you're always learning. I think yeah, I'm still learning, um, so it, it it'll it'll take years to become a high quality. a good teacher I think but one thing for me that sets um, some teachers apart from others is teachers that are um, um, that really have a drive to improve themselves and their teaching Um, that are really actively pursuing um, uh, the fact that they want to become a better teacher Um, uh, so they're really investing time in it they are reading more than the average teacher they are um, experimenting within their classes uh, but they're also doing this for example like uh, in in an an action research kind of way you know Um, and for me those are the teachers that um, yeah that are that are the teachers that really reach new levels uh, sometimes in in my experience at least
1: yeah Yeah, that's definitely been a common theme with that answer as well just that kind of you're never the finished product. Yeah,
0: yeah, we've, yeah actually, exactly. we've actually got a, a podcast coming up about practitioner inquiry next week. Oh, nice! Is that, is that a yeah. big thing in, in Holland? Because you're talking about that continual improvement. That's obviously action research. So
2: yeah, well, I wish it was a big a big thing. <laughs> it's not. It's not I at the know. moment. But um, we are we are educating our our bachelor students in a very different way than like the P teachers that are in schools right now. Um, so we we really want to give them this uh, notion of you you should acquire your own practice to to innovate constantly innovate and to put new things uh, into your curriculum Um, but it's in in my opinion it's in at least in the Netherlands that's not happening it is happening of course there are there are fantastic schools and P departments who are doing great things on on all kinds of levels assessment as well but in general, I think it could be much, much better. I don't think PE is the, mo- is the most innovative school subject out there uh, at the moment. Um, I think in Scotland it is, but I
0: think we could do better at connecting it together and sharing practice. Sharing practices, yeah. I don't yeah, know what yeah. it's like in Holland. Is, it, is, it, is everyone pretty open there, or is it each school to their own?
2: Um, I think yeah, it's 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 better, it's it's better than it was. I think. Um, it's uh, you know we we have this national PE um, uh, magazine uh, where basically every PE teacher can publish in. For example, um, there are uh, multiple uh, like social networks for PE teachers, which are there are some that are quite popular uh, as well, where the, where practices are shared, uh, etc. Um, so I Good think that's... So
0: we, we could make up our own magazine with
2: <laughs> a little bit of
0: everything magazine
2: oh maybe the next step
1: yeah exactly yeah, that's it that's our feed forward yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Never. Oh, yeah. great
0: way to finish <laughs> that one off <laughs> <laughs> right uh, Meryl we've got a quick fire round of three which we ask all our guests um so it's three quick questions um so I'll ask I'll get I'll get started then with question one so if you could have a giant billboard in your hometown in Rotterdam what would it say? <laughs> Actually,
2: my, my my actual hometown is Utrecht at the moment. I'm not living there oh, anymore. Okay. But, uh, um, Utrecht, right? Okay. Probably in Rotterdam, I would have a different billboard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something to do with Feyenoord, I guess. But yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah um, well, you know, uh, my I think my billboard when you enter my hometown and you drive by with your car, I, I think it would just say you know. um Relax, do what you want, but be nice to each mm-hmm. other. Be respectful. Um, uh, I think that would be that would be the one that you'll see first when you enter my hometown. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's good advice, especially in the current pandemic. Everyone needs yeah, exactly. to be to yeah. each other, and um, all the other things going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, we're all we're all struggling a bit. I think so. That's good advice. Um, what uh, what people or books have had the greatest influence on your life or in your career as a P? educator
2: yeah yeah um, well of course you this question you sent me you sent me earlier I, I thought about it um and i hate to disappoint you that i have a little <laughs> obvious answer on at least the people that would have in, that would have influenced me the most I, I guess it's my parents
0: um i've not actually had that one before. no no
2: oh, right. um and especially since i'm i'm from an an education family everyone in my family is a, in education in some way right, okay. um, so my parents as well so they, they really uh, somehow ignited like the, the education fire in me uh, mm-hmm. um yeah i love it i love being in education i love teaching um uh, and they've always really supported me through and through um well to, to be where I am right now, so that's that's really uh, yeah, something that I'm really grateful of. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, if you come over to Glasgow again at any point, we'll we'll take you up and educate you in some proper football up up in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you're feeling a bit cheeky tonight, I think. good you?
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll show you some good. We'll educate you on the get the good good football uh, <laughs> at Ibrox Stadium. If the, if
2: the first time we we play we play Rangers the. Uh, I will be there. I will be there. Yeah, will. <laughs> <Of> course, <yeah. laughs> cheering from the other side.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, Martin, you're always welcome. And then, yeah. any books then? Uh,
2: books, yeah. Well, um, I'm, I wouldn't. Uh, I read a book last year, which really um, I, I wouldn't say blew my mind, but it, it was really great. It was. Uh, I don't know if you if you're familiar. With it, it's called Sapiens. Oh. Um, I've just read it. You like, just read it, really. Uh,
1: it's so fascinating, isn't it?
2: It's fascinating stuff, yeah. I read it last summer and, um, you know, it's, it's always, you know, I read so much for work, you know, like assessment stuff and other stuff. But it's really nice to, to, to read, you know, different books that give you different perspective. And, um, yeah, this book really, um, it was, yeah, it really provided a new perspective on yeah, who we are. Uh, as, as human beings where we come from uh, really. I found it
1: fascinating how there was like 16 species of human beings at one point
2: yeah exactly yeah yeah and just one that you know uh, dominated yeah. the other ones uh, uh-huh. just because really? they, they they found out how they, they could work together <laughs> yeah they had a,
1: uh, yeah exactly that was that was that they could work in groups of larger than 150 people or something like that
2: yeah yeah it's so, so interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also what I found really interesting was the notion of culture, uh, mm-hmm. like how, how this, how, how that wrote. came about. Yeah. Yeah. I you know why do you feel Scottish and why do I feel Dutch, you know? It's yeah. So, so it's such interesting stuff to, especially we you know with all these things going on in the world in in the United States and other countries, uh, with, with these crazy leaders, uh, you know, it's absolutely, uh, yes it's It's a
1: fascinating book the other the other the the final thing that I can remember from it was about like currency there wasn't money there wasn't like a universal Uh, currency for anything so for example if I was a lawyer and you were a PE teacher I could pay you by being your lawyer if I wanted you to do something for me etc that was how like but then it's exchange
2: system of things yeah yeah, but it,
1: it didn't work because what if I didn't need you to teach PE and you wanted me to be a lawyer, then. It <laughs> yeah, yeah that was. It, it was just I. I
2: guess. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I guess it was because society became so complex that it just didn't work anymore, and, and yeah. they kind of invented money mm-hmm. uh, at that moment to. Well, yeah. so
0: what? You still got. You still got that exchange, but maybe not as prevalent.
2: Yeah, sure, of because course. Mar- yeah. Because
0: too- money money's in the way, but you some sometimes get like exchanges and learning from each other. Don't you? Oh
2: yeah, that's an interesting take on that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exchanging knowledge. Yeah, knowledge yeah, or experiences. Yeah. But you're,
0: you're right with the, the crazy leaders. All that, like they just polarize people, don't they? And
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's dangerous. Yeah, it's really, it's crazy. Yeah.
0: So um, last one then. What advice would you give to a teacher who is looking to incorporate formative assessment more effectively within their practice?
2: Well, Listen to this episode, of course. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> wasn't there, wasn't there about so I think that's the starting point. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, I think, yeah, I could give multiple, you know, tips and um, uh, multiple advices, but uh, I think you know, start small. That would be really, in, really uh, important. Just start small, maybe one class, just start experimenting. Start like you know, if you're talking about. Uh, uh, inquiring uh, action research in your own uh, uh, school. You know, so start doing this. Um, uh, develop clear learning objectives. You know, work from learning intentions that are clear for uh, you and for the students to understand. Um, to keep it simple in the beginning. You know, if if you if you do not like the paperwork, you know, the, don't do the paperwork. <laughs> you know, find other ways. Do active reviewing, for example. Um, so, um, um, and, and, I, and I think what's really important if you start doing formative, working formatively with your students is, is you know, in the beginning, you will inevitably fail. You know, you, you will, there will be like chaotic situations in your class at moments, but, you know, don't, it's, it's okay. You know, it's, it's, you will only learn from it and, and you will do it differently the next time. And, um, but yeah, you should put time and effort into it and uh, and yeah, you should just just start doing it. Yeah. That, would, that would be my, my advice,
0: yeah. Brilliant. I quite like that one, don't do the paperwork. So, when I, so <laughs> you, you don't you um, do not like the paperwork. <laughs> <nah>. when <laughs> no. When my principal says, the next time she says it to me, I'll just remember.
1: <laughs> yeah. <to bring laughs> that well, one up. <laughs> well, actually, um, Menno said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that was good advice on, I think the, the one that I've taken away there is like clear expectations on learning intentions because you need to know what you're assessing against. Exactly, I, think yeah. I think that's a really important one, keep it simple and yeah, yeah. Um, effective. So thanks very much for coming on to a wee bit of everything tonight, Menno. I really enjoyed speaking with you and I'm sure the listeners will take a lot from it. Thanks.
2: Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. I hope it was informative.
1: Right, Mr. Burrow, as always, uh, we have our key takeaway messages from um, each episode. Although the takeaways might be shut, our takeaway messages are still very much open. So, what is your key takeaway message from tonight's episode with Menno Informative Assessment?
0: Two minutes, I'm just on the Just Eat app, I'm just typing in Menno Sliggerland. Right, there we go. Right, if I was looking at Menno's uh, takeaway menu, it would be very simple. The takeaway message would be, in fact, the last hour. So, the main, main takeaway message for me would be um, clear, clear learning intentions. Massive one for the online learning as well is have three for for me anyway online today I had three clear learning intentions of what I wanted them to achieve in a double period the success criteria then links to the learning intentions, so bullet point one links to bullet point one in each one um and then I'm assessing formatively through those clear learning intentions and success criteria um now one of the learning intentions I had was um Link back to the previous lesson, and that I just—I just had a retrieval quiz, and um, so it really helps me assess. Keep it keep it simple. You know, you know, off topic. Everything's streamlined. Probably that's the best word to describe it. And that was something I took for that um, episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No, I I, I kind of got that as well. Just about making it really clear and specific because you end up just tripping yourself up trying to. You mm-hmm. don't. You don't. If you don't have a focus point, then the the, the pupils are going to struggle to to reflect or. To see what they're actually required to do. So no, I thought that was. Um, I mean,
0: that's a big mistake I made when I was young. <laughs> I know
1: I'm very young, but <laughs> when I was inexperienced.
0: I know. I was the... al- I'm always inexperienced, but what I to say? When <laughs> you I was need start- clear learning intentions.
1: When I was starting, gonna off on a tangent.
0: When I was starting out, but I always tried to teach. Maybe assess. Have all these different strategies running at one time, like. Exit passes, hands up, no hands up, whatever it was. Aye, so no, I think uh, a common mistake I made when I was inexperienced in my younger, earlier years was trying to assess so many different things. You know what it's like. You're trying to try to. You're all over the place with it, so just have a streamlined focus would be. Aye, you're
1: trying to do your best. That's what I think it is. You're trying to try to do everything.
0: Mm-hmm. And sometimes you end up. It's not good for your your own mental fe- Mental health as well. Put yourself under too much pressure. So that would be something that I've been guilty of. What about you? What's your key takeaway message?
1: Um mine would be kinda of what he said in relation to what the best form of assessment strategies are. And he can kind of put it nicely, saying obviously there's not a kind of one size fits all based on your context or what school you're in. So if you're in a school that the behaviour's really good, you can look at doing formative assessment strategies where the pupils are doing a lot of interaction, a lot of peer assessment, you can use a lot of resources because the, the pupils are going to engage with that kind of thing. But um, on the flip side of that, if you've got challenging classes with challenging behaviour, then obviously you're going to stay away from that and keep it more simple, more kind of directive, doing maybe like the, the, kind of, the active review and stuff that he was talking about Um, maybe it's like a thumbs up thumbs down and just little pointers throughout the class maybe just going round, trying to get round each individual in the class and getting some sort of feedback from them as opposed to doing loads of interaction between learners Um, so I think that was an excellent point you need to just kind of plan it in make sure you know what your class is like and choose the most effective I've just put my pencil (laughs) choose the most effective assessment strategy that you think You'll be
0: clearing um, out the stations covered in your, house,
1: <laughs> that best suits your That best suits your context, so um, I, I thought that was a, a very good, good point and something that you can definitely take forward um, when you're looking to plan more kind of effective form of assessment in your, your lessons.
0: No, I think it's quite, just when you were talking there, I was thinking to myself, you're talking about challenging classes and then the assessment being different. It might even be like with that, sometimes I do like assessing the behaviour. Right, so you're you're then promoting positive behaviour so it's not like assessing the skill and the competence of the benchmarks, so it might just be like you're assessing behaviour sometimes with that, with that class and try to improve that That's class. it,
1: I, well that's, that, that's exactly it, that's what um, it was in a podcast I listened to, I think it was one of Dan Leslie's podcasts, he had a guy on talking about behaviour and um, he says behaviour like yeah. a curriculum no, teaching it tri- as a curriculum I, if you can't get that right then you're, you can forget about your, your exit oh, passes really cool. and, and oh. stuff so um, okay, I, I think actually, that's a, um, a very good point.
0: Was that guy with the book um, running the room I think running the
1: room it? yeah it was an absolutely uh, fantastic Tom podcast Bennett. Tom Bennett I would. would recommend
0: great content would you retweet would you retweet it oh
1: it would get I think it has been quote tweeted I'm
0: right sure okay well, we're getting Darren and Leslie on soon as well so we're we'll looking forward to that yeah for
1: sure
0: right everyone thanks for again for listening to a wee bit of everything We hope that you've enjoyed that podcast as much as we did because we thought Menno brought a different spin on things Um, not just because he's from a different country with a different curriculum but um, I thought it was really interesting what he had to offer on formative assessment. Hope you enjoy it and uh, have a great week online and make sure you get a break away from the screen time.